the way I always see it is like if you lose your period which can very often happen if you are excessively dieting or kind of if not even excessively but if it's like a drastic calorie cut or you're cutting out carbohydrates or you're fasting or you're over exercising or for some people they're doing like all of the above and very often what can happen is you lose your menstrual cycle and I think it's so we kind of we treat it really like blase or like nonchalant like it's just oh it just happens I'm like no this is a huge deal like I've I like being totally honest I've lost my period in the last few weeks mm. and I'm do I'm like whoa okay this is not okay like the definition of hypothalamic amenorrhea where you lose your period um it is basically more is longer than three months but I'm like okay we need to address this right now and like being honest the way I've kind of been treating my body the stress I've been putting myself under with work I'm surprised I didn't lose it sooner I probably should have lost it a few months ago but like the minute it happened I was like whoa okay this is this is really serious like I need to listen to my body so I think that we we kind of we don't treat it as something that's that important we almost I think for years we've kind of treated it as something that's more of a hindrance. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Josh Williamson and you're listening to episode 6 of the Complete Performance Podcast. More than ever, people are struggling with poor energy, suboptimal health and are wanting to perform at the best for everything they want to achieve in their life. In today's episode, I have the absolute pleasure of chatting with Dr. Michelle Hone. Michelle is the founder of the Fit Clinic an online coaching service delivered by a team of highly qualified nutritionists and nutritional therapists who specialize in female health. On this episode, we talk about Michelle's experience with regards to menstrual function. We talk about sex education, contraceptives, tracking your cycle, the effects of hormones on physical and mental function, what it's like to actually coach females in comparison to males, and the struggle that women have trying to balance life so please help me in welcoming this week's guest, Dr. Michelle Home. Hey Michelle, how's it going? How are you? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. I'm very well. Um, what have you been up to? How's your week looking? I'm busy. I was a little bit unwell last week, so I've had to push all of my podcasts and meeting and stuff like that uh, to this week. So it's a little bit busy, but manageable. Yeah, yeah. I, I always find that when something comes up, it's like it just pushes everything back and you just feel the pressure and then it's realistically it's okay like everything gets sorted out but just yeah. initial stress right just I know and that's a huge part of being self-employed it's like oh well, like you can just it's great that you can take time off whenever you want but you have to play a major amount of catch up it's like mm, is it really worth taking a week off but mm. no it obviously is and we need to do it for our own our own sanity <laughs> no we, we definitely do and it's it's people sound think that self-employed is great but it does come with a lot of benefits or it's it's great in some regards but it also comes yeah. with you know hard times as well it's yeah and like I always say people only ever show the the business highs on Instagram they don't show like the real like kind of slogging and the yeah the days where you're just like you're never I've been in this now for like seven years and like I, it's never a case that like you wake up every morning and you're so motivated there's going to be days and there's going to be weeks where you're like oh my god will I just get a job with google or <laughs> get a nine to five where I'm not like like sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like oh I have this really good idea and I take out the notes on my phone at like 3 a.m it's just yeah. wild or especially the week before last this is definitely the reason I got sick my husband was literally prying 
the laptop out of my hand at like half 11 at night being like we need to just like just watch Game of Thrones for 60 minutes and then we'll go to bed um but yeah it's full on it's really really full on but at the same time the benefits definitely outweigh the the, the kind of negative attributes of it 100% and it's so lovely to be some like be working in something that we're so incredibly passionate about like my husband works in tech and he's yeah. like yeah I love my job he's like but you get women pregnant he's like and they <laughs> met you and they're like oh my god I just found out I'm pregnant and I'm like sometimes you actually forget that and he's like I'm just selling back up to people and <laughs> um, there's just so much job satisfaction which is amazing yeah it's it's funny you say that because I've been doing like a, a small like mini tour of five dates all about the female athlete and you know one of the things that I said it is again like the start is like you have to remember like women produce milk like that thing that's in a carton in your fridge like you produce that and it's just crazy yeah. to think you know you just don't that's realize great. how fascinating the female body is I know it's incredible it's so so interesting and I think that's the reason that we've really started to to niche into female health because it's just such a fascinating like the way our bodies work is just so fascinating yeah. um and I say this all the time like it's no offense to you guys but like I just find male physiology is just really really basic and just quite boring because nothing really changes from one end of the month to the next and you can't get pregnant and grow a baby and you don't have a menstrual cycle and you can't produce it's just incredible it's so so incredible and I think because there's so much going on things can really really go wrong in in the female body a lot more so than it would for the male physiology and because of that there's so much that you can do from a nutritional lifestyle perspective from from the work that we do there's so much that you can do to really turn someone's health around and just massively change their life or improve their quality of life yeah yeah you, you sort of touched on there but I can't remember when exactly I came across your stuff Michelle in the fifth clinic but at that stage it was sort of like a one-stop shop for everything nutrition and there's a really great team who's focused on different areas but from an outsider it definitely seems that over the last couple of years there's been a shift in we want to focus on female health mm-hmm. whether that's disordered eating or yeah. um, fertility or anything like that what was the main sort of catalyst for that shift again I think it's such a like the big reason for it was that there's so much that you can do to turn around someone's health and quality of life from changing their nutrition a little bit to do with supplementation and lifestyle and so many women were coming to us and they just felt so lost with their health and just didn't really know where to turn to maybe they'd been to their GP or a consultant and they just weren't getting the answers that they wanted and I think a big part of it is that medicine focuses on treating the symptoms of the issue so if you go into um your doctor with an absent menstrual cycle so you're not getting a period they're like oh we'll just put you on the pill and therefore you will get a bleed I'm like no but you're not actually getting a period you're just getting a withdrawal bleed from the hormones like so what we say is okay well why are you not getting a period what is the reason let's deep dive into your current nutrition your lifestyle your exercise your mental health and then we'll actually get to the bottom of it and in doing that you're helping someone so so much more than like your typical medical model and I'm not saying that obviously we will be lost without medicine it's absolutely amazing but for certain things for kind of chronic things that are going on especially to a menstrual cycle very often to do with fertility 
there is so much that you can do to actually get to the root of the problem and treat it from there. Um, so I think that's a huge reason. And I think as well, like the, the as I said, the job satisfaction that you get from yeah. helping someone get their period back or helping someone with debilitating um, menstrual like kind of issues like pains and those kind of things like really, really bad PMS and not being able to get pregnant and not being able to, able to ovulate. Like it's such a huge impact that you're having on someone's life. And it's so simple. It might, maybe it's not simple to other people, but it's so simple for us. This is what you have to do in order to do that. And this is the action plan. And the people that we're working with as well are so they're so eager to there's no drive like the drive to get pregnant to have a baby like it's not like it's it doesn't even compare to like oh I want to lose a few pounds to look good for summer there's no comparison so fortunately for us we're working with people who are so driven and so they will like they will literally do everything that you say which is just so helpful for us it makes our job so much easier um and it's just so amazing to be to be working with those kind of people as well people who are so driven and so focused and so Mm. determined to to help their health yeah no it's definitely an incredible cause as opposed to let's get shredded for our holidays (laughs) yeah and we do like we do still work with those kind of people but it's kind of in tandem with um yeah in tandem with their menstrual cycle and those kind of things because everybody wants to look good as well (laughs) yeah Yeah. but there is downsides to that as well that maybe people just aren't aware of that you know losing that amount of body fat while also maybe having goals of getting pregnant later on or fertility is they're also a little bit conflicting at times aren't they yeah, they really are. Yeah, hundred percent. And the way I always see it is like if you lose your period, which can very often happen if you are excessively dieting or kind of if not even excessively, but if it's like a drastic calorie cut or you're cutting out carbohydrates or you're fasting or you're over exercising or for some people they're doing like all of the above. And very often what can happen is you lose your menstrual cycle. And I think it's so we kind of we treat it really like blase or like nonchalant like it's just oh it just happens I'm like no this is a huge deal like I've I like being totally honest I've lost my period in the last few weeks mm. and I'm do I'm like whoa okay this is not okay like the definition of hypothalamic amenorrhea where you lose your period um it is basically more is longer than three months but I'm like okay we need to address this right now and like being honest the way I've kind of been treating my body the stress I've been putting myself under with work I'm surprised I didn't lose it sooner I probably should have lost it a few months ago but like the minute it happened I was like whoa okay this is this is really serious like I need to listen to my body so I think that we we kind of we don't treat it as something that's that important we almost I think for years we've kind of treated it as something that's more of a hindrance that we're like oh I'm getting my period like I've had clients sign up with us and they're like oh I don't get a period but like it's great I'm like no it's not great at all it might feel great that you don't get your bleed and you don't get PMS but like this is your body's way of like screaming at you to tell you something is wrong so I would always say that like your period is like your fifth vital sign with your other other vital signs being like your breathing rate your respiratory rate your heart rate your blood pressure And then your fifth vital sign is your menstrual cycle. Like if you woke up in the morning and your heart rate was through the roof, it was like 120, like resting or whatever, you would be like, okay, or maybe maybe that's probably a bit low, but like 150, you'd be like, okay, there's something wrong. I need to go to the doctor. I need to go to the emergency room. But when you don't get a period for three months, you're like, hmm, I should probably do something about this. This is like, yes, you should have done something about it the minute that 
it became irregular. Obviously, there is there is going to be months where it's just maybe a little bit longer or you didn't ovulate or you yeah. ovulate really late that month. But like, I know that there's something wrong because I haven't been looking after myself. So it's just about really raising awareness that we need to pay it the utmost attention. It is such a vital sign of our health and it's our way, it's our body's way of communicating with us. Yeah. And a lot of the things that you're saying there, Michelle, what what I find in my experience is that when girls get together and they they share about how their periods are, their PMS, or if they're making, you know, certain decisions around contraception and all of that, that there's a lot that they understand to be common but not necessarily normal or yeah. healthy. But mm-hmm. it's happening to so many people. It's like, oh well, that's fine. Like, and I haven't missed my period because my period's an inconvenience anyway. So yeah. Yeah, I I always say this, like just because something is common and loads of people get this or suffer from this does not make it normal, does not make it the physiological norm. It's like, yeah, it's common for people who overexercise and undereat to lose their period, but that does not make it normal. It is not a normal physiological response. So yeah, it it just, we need to to pay that attention and kind of maybe break the because it had like we are kind of breaking the taboo around menstrual cycle and periods and um fertility and stuff like that but we need to really just kind of drive home the message that it's definitely not normal to have like debilitating symptoms and not get a period for an extended amount of time so yeah i think it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts but with a lot of females i find that they don't really understand their body until there is an issue and that maybe they, they don't even look at their period it's maybe when it's closer to fertility and getting pregnant that they're like okay well now i have to sort this out and i almost think sometimes because people do have any sort of female related issues that they go looking for the answers and then us as well as practitioners and researchers we end up getting caught in this sort of echo chamber that we feel as if like so many people are getting more into their female health but i know just from speaking to just the gen pop that even something like what's the normal length of a menstrual cycle is just unknown to them that or at least they're not confident in saying okay well this is normal mm-hmm. and so sometimes i think that there still is a lot of work to be done in this area yeah and i think a huge part of it is like starting from the bottom of a sex education and menstrual cycle education like i still remember i was in fifth class i don't know if it's the same is it the same up north fifth class so i was like what age was i like like I don't even know um I was probably like 12 yeah I don't know anyway around that age where you kind of need to start thinking about periods maybe I was like 11 or something like that and our like menstrual cycle sex education was our teacher going over showing us a sanitary pad going over to the sink pouring water on it and being like this is how it works the water is absorbed into the sanitary towel the end full stop (laughs) That is all we learned about, which is absolutely wild. Like, what's the typical length? Like, what is the reason for a period? The reason for a period is because you ovulate. What is the, like, what are your, what are the normal PMS symptoms? What are the abnormal PMS symptoms? Like, just, it's just, it's wild. And I think, like, I did actually put up a poll recently on Instagram and there was, a lot of people saying it was massively lacking, like coming from teachers. And then there was other people saying that it has really, really improved. Or then there was like biology teachers saying that like it's been kind of put on them when they don't really feel like they're appropriately trained to to give these kind of lessons. So I think there's so many more conversations happening around it. So mm. I definitely think that it, it, it will happen like in the coming and definitely in the coming years. Yeah. 
do you think that it, it it's schools that needs to be taught in or do you think yeah, there's a better way so. of doing um well i think like i think parenting is a huge part of it as well and i suppose parents becoming like more empowered and like more knowledgeable themselves in this area and then instilling that into their their kids um i think that would be that would be a huge part of it but i think mainly yeah i think parents and and schools is where it needs to be where the conversations need to happen yeah i think that's where that that bottom up approach will work and it'll sort of filter out that way um but i often find that although there is and that, that stigma around it is all sort of coming down as a male coach i often find that females are happy to talk about it if you ask but yeah a lot of males are just they feel awkward about it whereas girls know, are like, yeah about for, for hours on end if you just ask the questions yeah yeah i nearly feel like talking to a guy about it you'd be more nervous on what they're how they feel about it but once a guy opens up to you and you realize that they're comfortable with it then you're like well, okay let's sit down let's have a cup of tea and chat <laughs> um but no you're so you're so right and i think like uh, what i i know a couple of um the teachers had messaged me when i put up that poll and they said that um the boys and girls are separated like for like certain yeah. elements of sex, sex education i'm like I just don't know if that's necessary. Like, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I just don't think like ultimately they're going to become father. And like, but what's the reason? Like, it's not, it's not something that women need to, like, I think that's kind of perpetuating women having to keep it a secret and keep it from people. Whereas it should just be like, when you're in like, whatever first year skill you should be able to like whip out your tampon and be like I need to go to the toilet to change my tampon and walk out like I purposely if I ever have to buy tampons I purposely someone's like do you want a bag I'm like no I don't want a bag I'll march along with my box of tampons like it's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but no I don't I, I personally don't think that um boys and girls should be separated obviously maybe it depends on their age but I just think it again it just perpetuates this idea that we need to keep it from people and that yeah, I don't know. I just, it kind of instills again that we're different to each other. Obviously we are, I understand that, but yeah, I don't know. What's your opinion on that? I always, yeah, I've got a couple of opinions on this, but the, the way that I always said is that either 50% of the population is going to experience this. Yeah. And the other 50% of the population is going to live with someone with this. This is very true. And <laughs> I've got a, I've got a friend who he's outnumbered in the house. He's married and he's got two daughters. And he tracks every single one of their menstrual cycles just no so, he, so he knows like, okay, well, if, if someone's acting up when they're going through a certain phase of their cycle, it's okay. I understand why it, and then it can be a little bit more compassionate towards them, you know? And yeah. that was the first time I ever, ever heard of someone actually, a parent actually doing that, you know, but a lot of females themselves. Yeah, that's actually so interesting. But the key is to not use it against them because sometimes yeah. my husband's like, oh yeah, like this is this is definitely because you're on your period. And I'm like, the rage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, like you can't use it against me. You just need to be like, okay, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's around that time of the month. So I'm just gonna give her, <laughs> I'm just gonna let her away with this, these psychotic behaviors. Um, <laughs> but no, they can't use it as ammunition because that's just, yeah, that's just rage on another level. <laughs> think some men just use it just to get a to get a rise don't they Better, oh 100 i know my husband does anyway <laughs> i did as well at times i have to have to be honest <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not sure why they keep them separate because in, in one instance yes you're going to be in contact with someone who experiences it i think it might come down to the whole you know 
actual having sex part of it to try and keep teenagers especially if they're like 11 or 12 away from it but at the same time like if you're having that discussion around even contraception and stuff it it's always seemed to be that even I've, I've heard of girls younger 11 or 12 they're having pms and it's okay we'll just go to the doctor and get on get on the pill and it's like well maybe we should all be having a conversation about you know responsibility of contraception and it's not just about oh the females will look after that and that's fine because that could have long-term implications that maybe now at 16 17 you don't want to get pregnant but what happens when you're 25 or 30 you know, yeah. and you've been on the pill for 10 years yeah like I always think like how mad would it be if you were to turn around to all the men in the world and say if you want a form of contraception you have to take this pill every day in around the same time of the day remember to take it it's going to make you infertile and potentially affect your fertile your fertility in later years not like long term but when you actually come off it and want it to have a baby that can um affect it for like a couple of months and it's going to make you infertile and it's going to put you in a really bad mood and it's going to kill your sex drive and yeah there you go enjoy i'm like it's just it's insane like what we have to put up with to be honest (laughs) Um, and thankfully there is obviously other forms of contraception like non-hormonal forms of contraception Mm. um that are kind of coming to the forefront over the last few years which is great um but yeah they they did they do actually have um i think it's in clinical trials at the moment they do have a male contraception Mm. um but like if you were like if i was turning around to my husband and say take this pill it's going to kill your sperm he'd be like there is no way i'm taking that but i'm like (laughs) But it's this, it's essentially the same thing. Yeah. But also, in a way, like to be fair, the research has shown that there is no long term negative effects on fertility when you're taking oral contraceptive. But like you have to remember as well, women we are born. Women are born with all their eggs, so there's through there they're in your body when you're taking the oral contraceptive pill. Yeah. Whereas men, if their cycle sper- the, the cycle of kind of creating sperm is is anywhere from kind of like sixty two to kind of seventy two days or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. So you could kill off all your sperm and then just come they back. just they just come back, yeah. So if anything, it probably makes more sense to be giving men the contraception. That's just my opinion, but <laughs> <laughs> throwing the controversial opinions out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, do, I do think it is should be uh it should be a joint thing and i know that for me i struggle to take a multivitamin every day never I know. Mind, never mind taking a pill every day you yeah know. yeah so. i yeah i remember having to take it and it was yeah it was a nightmare um i'm just not i'm just not good at remembering those kind of things yeah. um but yeah we'll see what happens we'll see how it goes <laughs> it's interesting that you say that though because usually just typical the way um working with females within the first three to five weeks you always have a conversation about um contraception and their if they're tracking their cycle and that type of thing and that's all great but what a lot of them experience is that when they're on some sort of oral contraception that they just don't feel like themselves like that's you mm-hmm. something they usually say something around that that yeah it does its job but when they come off it it's like i just didn't feel myself when i was on that and Although I have more fluctuations now, it just feels a lot more like me. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, I I, I remember from being on it myself and working with so many people um, and clients who, who are on it. It does. You're just not, you don't feel yourself. They even say that your sense of smell changes and who you're attracted to changes, which is just so interesting. Mm. They've actually researched to show that. And like a huge part of it is that like, our hormones and the fluctuations that we get throughout 
a typical month with no hormonal interactions or no like um, artificial external hormones. That is what dictates like our our personality, our motivation, our drive, like you'll notice that like in the first half of your cycle, your follicular phase, like after you've kind of finished your period eight, you're you're more creative, you're more driven, you've more motivation, like you tend to feel that little bit better in the gym. And then you ovulate, like you feel really, really, you typically will feel so much better during ovulation. Like I even notice, like I look in the mirror and my skin is really like smooth. Like it's so fascinating and you just feel better. You feel more confident, like you're, you're so much more sociable. But like, if you think about it, your body is programmed. It's trying to actually get you to go out and socialize with men to get pregnant. Um, and then I suppose after ovulation, then more kind of pushing into your luteal phase, that's when your progesterone is at its at its highest and this is kind of like our zen hormone it's meant to kind of make us feel relaxed and chilled out and a little bit more introverted not as sociable and kind of just you just want to stay in and, and kind of do your own thing and the minute you take artificial hormones or hormonal contraception this all just gets flatlined like everything just gets completely dampened down and we don't get these fluctuations we don't like we're not inspired by this motivation and this creativity we're not like maybe we're not as sociable maybe we're not as outgoing so it 100% does change like you're you don't like a lot of people don't feel the same but then of course there are people that feel absolutely fine on on oral contraception um but it's just kind of knowing this information is a big part of it like i remember being on it when I was like a good bit younger and just being like an emotional, like I'm an emotional basket case at the best of times, but this was like another level. This was so bad. And no one like the GP didn't tell me about these kind of side effects. Like I didn't understand hormones when I was like 20 or 18, 19, 20. Um, And I I still remember, and I I know to this day that it still happens from talking to clients you just go in, you get your prescription and they check your blood pressure and that's it. Um, there's no other conversations around like what the actual side effects are of oral contraception. So I think we need to like empower ourselves with that knowledge as well. That's so important. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting you've said that because throughout this, you know, female athlete series that I'm doing, there's probably been, let me say about 300 women attending this past month. And I always do a bit on contraception and I don't, it's just a coincidence that a lot of my clients come off contraception just from having the knowledge. And that's why like I say, I try and give you the awareness, but you make your own decision. And I, the very first thing I ask before starting that section is how many of you felt as if you got at least an informed choice when it came mm. to the pill and how many did you feel that it was just, here's my symptoms, here's the pill. And pretty much 99% of the women there just said, yeah, it was just given to me as opposed to I didn't know the side effects. I didn't know the long term side effects. I didn't know that it could increase the risk of certain cancers, for example, or uh, any of that. And then when I sort of bring out their their knowledge, that they're like, well, flip, would I have taken this back then if I had known all this? And I think, as you said before, like not the slate, you know, conventional medicine, but certainly giving people the education to make an informed choice is very important. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And like, and I always think about it, like, would I have 
was like the reason I was on oral contraception was for contraception at the time I think I told my mom I was like oh my skin is really bad and she's like your skin isn't that and I was like all my friends are taking the pill because their skin is bad I was like okay um, but I was on it for contraception I wonder like okay would I have if I had known the side effects like uh, side effects and known like at the time if, if there was like non-hormonal contraception like natural cycles where I have to wake up every morning and take my temperature and then I asked myself if I had a daughter would I trust her to do natural yeah. cycles instead of take the pill like I don't know like I think there needs to be maybe something that's a little bit more I wouldn't say user-friendly but doesn't require as much work um and as much responsibility I just don't know like if I'd hand like a, a 17 or 18 year old like a thermometer and say okay this is your form of contraception um yeah. oh yeah it's hopefully if I ever have a daughter um something else will have come about at that stage but it's interesting that you say that because i got approached maybe about six months ago there's a company in australia i can't remember what they're called fem something but you know you have these wearable trackers now um, yeah band and things like that they have developed a female one that does things like body temperature and sweat rate and all of this and it just tracks it straight into your phone so something like that some sort of wearable yeah. technology would be really, really good for for something like this yeah, yeah. I think I actually have seen, I don't know if it's the same company, but I've seen something really similar. It's like a disc that goes like on a band on, on the back of your arm. And yeah, like it, it sounds really, really promising. I just, I think it just stuff I think needs to be around a few more years before I'll trust giving it to my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's but that's the thing. It's some people do take contraception for contraceptive reasons, but there's also other reasons why why people take it. And some of those reasons, you know, I don't want to say that they're not valid or valid, but do you think that the first protocol should be trying to address any of those additional reasons through sort of non-medicative? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, like, if, if someone is going to, like, coming to or going to a, a GP because their their skin is bad, they've got, like, cystic acne it's like okay well what's the reason like what's the reason you have cystic acne because if you take the pill yes it will probably more than likely make your skin clear but then when you come off it it's going to get so much worse because your male hormones your androgens which is essentially very often what causes like cystic acne they're going to surge because they've been suppressed while you've been on the oral contraceptive pill they're going to surge like and they're going to peak at six months and your skin's going to be really really bad normally and then more often than not it hasn't it hasn't actually fixed it for the long term yeah. for the like it, it treats it but it doesn't actually cure it um so I would much rather like sit that person down like as again like deep dive into their nutrition their lifestyle their exercise and see okay what is the reason that you're getting cystic acne or what is the reason that you're getting really bad period pains or and um, really heavy bleeding or really light bleeding or not ovulating or not getting periods like what is the reason um I would much rather actually get to the root of the problem than just put a plaster over like a bullet wound yeah. um, and actually treat it in the long term as opposed to just kind of mask over the problem and kind of kick, kick the can down the road to deal with at a later date. Mm. Um, so that would be my my kind of insight on that. Yeah, I definitely agree that we can do a lot. And even taking the example of, say we look at like PMS, for example, a lot of people think that, oh, well, periods are normal again going back to think common but not normal that it's okay well it's normal to have really painful periods and really have all these really symptoms and a lot of that could be through say nutritional deficiencies for example mm -hmm. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. Like as you said, what's as you said earlier on, like what's just because it's common doesn't mean that it's normal. Mm-hmm. And like it is, like I think as well, like the conversation needs to be quite clear around this. It's like I'm not saying that nobody should have PMS. Yeah. Like some form of PMS for everybody is normal if you think about it the reason you get like cramping and bloating is like your your uterus is contracting to try and like yeah. clear all all the lining of your uterus out and so it is normal to get like a little bit of cramping or a little bit of pain or feel under the weather like some people actually kind of feel nearly feel a bit like fluey like day one or maybe even day two of their period and that's normal but what's not normal is when it's really debilitating and like I would say that you're kind of taking painkillers like that would kind of be like a little bit of a red flag for me like especially taking them for longer than one or two days um and yeah like or you have to take time off work or anything like that like I wouldn't like that's not it might become but it's not normal mm-hmm. yeah it's I was just about to say there that it can get that stage where you know, girls do you need to take time off school or off work and you know it's no it's no surprising that a lot of them think that this is like an inconvenience like i would rather not have this and maybe they do go down the route of some form of oral contraception to just sort of get rid of that yeah and i think again it comes back to that awareness of knowing well, what is normal what is what does a healthy cycle look like what is phases looking like what should my first say of 14 days and the second 14 days even though that unicorn cycle never really happens <laughs> you know but even just knowing that like what is a normal cycle look like and then by having that knowledge okay well i'm i'm supposed to experience x y and z here and i've seen this pattern month on month because i've been tracking this yeah then you can sort of understand when things don't go normal mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent. like tracking your cycle is one of the most empowering things that you can do because you just like i also think it's so important and so interesting to be in tune with your body and understand why like while you're feeling a certain way like I look at my I have this thing where like four days before my period every single month since literally since I was like I don't know like 16 for as long as I can remember I just bawl my eyes out like literally just cry like for like two hours and I'm like yeah there we go four days before my period (laughs) no like and then I'm like okay okay maybe my life isn't falling apart do you know what I mean like if I if I didn't know and like you've obviously never experienced but like hormones make you effing crazy like so so crazy like I will lose my mind four days before my period and I'll think that my life is falling apart I'll be like okay maybe I should shut down my business move <laughs> country like like change my identity and then you're like oh no I'm just getting my period in four days time like that's just and yeah no matter what I've done nutritionally with supplements lifestyle nothing's ever going to change that that's just the way I am that's that's my that's my normal um but yeah they can hormones can drive you crazy you don't actually realize like that you're like it alters your reality in my experience anyway um it literally changes your reality it's crazy yeah i i have clients just because you say that they will they'll write to me saying that pretty much the exact same as what you said they'd be so emotional and i'll just be saying okay well where are you where are you at your magic cycle um a week before my period or five days before it, yeah. days, I'm like, okay let's just yeah. So you said a little bit, a little bit more compassionate for the next couple of days, a little bit easier on yourself. It's fine, yeah. and literally on on track every single month. Period comes. It's so funny, isn't it? And it's so funny because like every single month, I have the exact same conversation with my husband, and he's like, "I'm bawling," and he's like, "What's wrong?" And I always say the same thing. I always go, "Nothing, but everything," and then he's like, 
period like it's obviously your period you only ever say that when you're like when it's due in four days times and I'm like he's like look at your phone and I'm like oh yeah okay (laughs) well but I think that that gives you as you said a lot of empowerment knowing that here's exactly what's happening in my body and yes like most periods will probably fluctuate or most menstrual cycles will probably fluctuate within three or four days every month you know I've only got one client that's bang on time like 27 days 27 days but most will fluctuate and having that knowledge just even from you know say both of our backgrounds of working in in gyms and working with those types of athletes and individuals that knowing that you're going to go into this the gym this week and you're not going to be able to lift this heavy or that you're going to be a little bit more hungry have more cravings at this point of the month that it's not that everything's falling apart and your performance hasn't taken a step back and you know, you haven't gained all this body fat at this point of the month. It's this is just normal for you. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you've got, you're coping with like in the later luteal phase, like before your period, you're coping with like water retention, which is usually going to bring up your weight on the scales. You're coping with additional cravings because it's diff- more difficult to manage your blood sugars in your like late luteal phase. You are coping with a increase in like your metabolism. So you're coping with more hunger, like your metabolism can increase by up to 300 calories in the late luteal phase. And you're also dealing with an increase in body dissatisfaction. So they've actually shown in research that women will have like less body dissatisfaction or sorry, less body satisfaction when they look in the mirror um, or when they look pic- at pictures of themselves. Um, so the pictures are actually the same throughout, but they score okay. different in terms of how they would would kind of rate their body or their satisfaction with their, their body image. So again, it just, it literally warps, hormones warp your brain. <laughs> um, so if you couple all those things, your water retention, your cravings, your hunger, your body dissatisfaction, maybe you're dropping, you're dropping motivation to exercise. Like it's going to be so, it's going to be much more difficult to kind of stay on top of your health and fitness goals and like be in a good headspace with your health and fitness goals. So I think that we need to just cut ourselves a little bit of slack, especially around like in general obviously but especially around that time of the month yeah yeah and i guess that's why in in so many words earlier you said men are boring <laughs> yeah exactly 100 <laughs> one of the things that certainly in my approach to, to coaching females and i'm sure you've probably experienced this at some stage is that it doesn't matter if it's in health and fitness, nutrition, whatever, there always seems to be this idea that when it comes to coaching females, it should be exactly like meals because that's everything we know. So if it's, if it's like a 12-week coaching block or if it's anything, it's like we should be able to get the same sort of results. And what I find is that in coaching a female, it's almost like, right, we have to coach you as a whole person because you're not just very flatline like a guy. So maybe it is during, say, the follicular phase that, yeah, we can push things a little bit harder. Or you can go and do those presentations and work. You can be very confident not going. But instead of trying to force and fight against your body in that second phase, it's, well, maybe we should be looking at, say, like non-diet health goals or being a little yeah. bit more compassionate in that way. And, but that's a very hard sell to females. And because they've never really experienced that, it's like they just see it's, oh, I'm just wasting my time here. I know. And I, I completely understand what you mean. It is, it's just a difficult balance to strike. And I think a big part of that is, I don't know. I just think that we're like, women are just so hard on themselves. I don't know about you guys, but like, like you've probably, you've seen it in comparison to 
working with men because we don't work but we don't work with like really a lot of men anymore but like we are just so so hard in ourselves so to turn around to a woman and say like oh cut yourself some slack like your body is doing this against you and this and this and this and they're still like no but I want to like push and I want to drive forward and nearly like punish myself do you know what I mean like I need to be miserable to be dieting or to look good or to feel good um so no I completely I completely understand where you're coming from and sometimes I feel like I say this to clients and to, to people who follow me and I'm like no but I don't even stick to this like I don't really cut myself some any slack like in late luteal phase so no I totally understand what you mean why do you think that is Michelle do you think it's just ingrained in our personality or do you think we've been conditioned to that some way or I think it's a conditioning definitely um I do also think that we're more intelligent <laughs> no I'm joking <laughs> yeah. so I just I also well we're we're just massive overthinkers like I I I, I don't know the the science behind it but mm. women just seem to like just spiral and just think so so much and there's so many internet tabs open in our brains at all times and that little like clock is just going around where it's frozen because <laughs> there's too many internet tabs open but yeah I don't know I, I think it's a conditioning um like and I think a big part of this is like I noticed it when I became a mom in that like you're praised for being like I don't know I just feel like no matter what you do you're judged if that makes sense and maybe that's just me being not even paranoid because I don't really care but I feel like if you I became a mom and it was like I felt like people were like, oh, like she's still continuing business. Like you're such a like badass business boss or whatever, like mom boss. But then also like there's people who will look at you and say like, oh, does she not like, does she not love her child? Does she not care about her child? Because like all she does is work. And then if, so I just feel like you're damned if you if you do and you're damned if you don't. Like I feel like society or maybe it's just us think overthinking about society but I do feel like society expects so much of us it's like and you can't do it all like I'm still and I've spoken to so many like of my friends who are also moms and also run businesses and I'm like we keep talking about this like finding balance thing but I'm like I actually just don't think it exists I think being self-employed especially in running a business and being a mother is just all-consuming and I just think we're destined for this chaos for the next few years and like I love it like I I kind of thrive in chaos I know that sounds so strange but like that's just my personality type and I nearly like yeah I don't know I just I love it I love the chaos even though like sometimes as my body's telling me now my body doesn't love the chaos but um it's really hard and yeah I do think it's a conditioning thing like I I just think we expect so much of ourselves we're supposed to be businesswomen we're also supposed to be mothers but we're also supposed to do it with like freshly blow-dried hair and like (laughs) a full face of makeup it's just like it's not realistic and a huge part of that is social media like a hundred percent um like I saw this quote actually the other day it's like how would you feel about yourself if you didn't know what everybody else if you had no idea what what was going like what everybody else was doing like we didn't have social media like we wouldn't have that comparison and it's not it, like we always say it's not a fair comparison because I'm not going to put up on social media where I'm like bawling my eyes out being like I'm feel like I'm losing my mind or do you know what I mean like it's just and I do I do actually really try to be transparent on social media and be honest and maybe show the the times when the times that aren't so good and kind of communicate that with that communicate that with people so that they feel less alone because I would hate because I've been on social media profiles where 
I would hate for someone to look at my social media and be like, oh my God, she has her shit together. Like her life is so perfect. And she's yeah. so, I would hate for someone to look at my, my profile and, and feel like that. That would just actually make me so upset because I've looked at other pe- people's profile and been like, oh, well, why can't I do that? Why don't I feel that like that? Why don't I feel that fulfillment? So I just think it's so important for people to just be a little bit, I'm not saying like, again, like go on social media and cry and say that, yeah. yeah, you feel like your life's falling apart, but just show a little bit more transparency um, that it's not all like roses in the garden all the time because it's not like, yeah. and if you're looking at someone's social media profile and that's what you think, it's, it's very often the opposite. It's like, well, why are they trying to like kind of instill this, like this image of themselves? Do you know what I mean? Um, that everything is perfect like what's what's the reason for that so yeah transparency is key because social media like I always say this most social media is not a nice place to be when you're not like 100% in the full of your mental health yeah yeah but I when I when I speak to people individually like they know themselves like I'll say them go through your social media feed there let's let's go go through your profile yeah and tell me the photos that you're smiling in but you know on that occasion you were miserable on and people can like oh my god people go screaming like yeah. yep i'm smiling there but it was i broke up with my boyfriend there or you know something happened here i'm with yeah. this girl, but i had a fight with her like five minutes before it i was like so we all know that it's not reality that it is this false you know happiness yeah yet we're all still trying to be like portraying it this is great yeah but i think I don't, I don't know what it is i think I don't know again probably down the condition in that list mm. for our best life up there and i'm living my best life but everyone knows that that's just not life you know yeah. it's, it's just not yeah. yeah i think like it, it's kind of a, a balance that we all have to strike with the content that we're putting out yeah. Um, yeah like i think i have a responsibility because a huge part of what like what we do like we're not just nutritionists like it's it's also to do with okay how do we manage your stressors what are your your like what's our our stress stress management strategy and like the importance of managing our mental health and our stressors and how that feeds into our menstrual cycle and our fertility and our health overall as a female so it would be so unfair for me to go on and just like make out that I have this like perfectly curated life um when that's not the case like no one no one does (laughs) you know how do you balance in you you personally and just with your clients, Michelle, that we obviously have, and this we could go different ways with this, but what I see a lot of is you have this societal standard of what female beauty and perfection is and attractiveness. Mm. People strive for that. But then there's this standard of the athletic type where it's more lean and muscular now that you're seeing a lot more on social media. But then you maybe have the fertility standard and women are trying to achieve all of these at once when really they're they're so conflicting that many of them can be damaging to what sort of female health is I know like it's so and I'm kind of like to bring it back to myself like I have never in my life had a six-pack until now and it's like if you looked at me you'd be like oh my god she's absolutely shredded it's like no I've been so stressed the last few months that I've really really struggled to eat the only way I feel like I can manage my mental health is to exercise but I keep kind of going to exercise as a coping strategy and that's just perpetuating the stressors on my body alongside a calorie deficit, an unintentional calorie deficit, skipping meals. And yes, to look at me, I might look 
healthy and in good shape but I'm my body is telling me that I'm actually the most unhealthy I've ever been it's like telling me you're on a, you're so unhealthy you can't we're not going to let you have a baby yeah. like so it's yeah it's just understanding that like some of those standards that you're striving towards are all massively conflicting um and it's just trying to strike a balance between all of them yeah and I'm not sure what the right answer is for that because even for us, we probably come against so much conflict with clients because they have a set goal in mind of this is what success looks like to me, whether that's healthy or unhealthy, that's what they view success as, but getting there may have to do unhealthy things. And you're like, how can I do this in the safest, most possible way? Yeah. If it is an athlete or someone like a physique athlete in particular, you're probably going to lose your period at some stage through that. But it's important that we do that safely and then we get you back to a healthy place yeah then you're juggling things like body image on top of um hypothalamic amenorrhea and stuff and it's like how do we actually get the clients to understand that and get people to understand that okay well, what's what your vision of success is isn't necessarily what's the best for your body especially yeah. things like fertility long term in mind and to be totally honest like sometimes those cases go further beyond the scope of what yeah. you and i can provide um like for some of our clients, we've had to have a chat with them to say, like, I, I, I think that you need more psychological support, like, because ultimately we are just nutritionists mm. and we're not qualified chartered psychologists. Um, like a lot of the coaches would have backgrounds in kind of like the coaching and counseling. But at the end of the day, sometimes it, it reaches a point where what a client, like the support that the client needs is outside of the remit of what we can provide. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that both of us could probably talk about this for so long, you know, yeah. and we could go on ours. Um, but I know your time is is valuable. So one of the things I just like finishing up with, Michelle, sort of bringing it around is what's probably one of the most important lessons that you've learned in your, your career? Oh, that's a good question. Um, um I would actually say like, which kind of ties into what we've been talking about, the kind of um, big theme of the whole podcast is that women need to be a lot easier on themselves than they are and give themselves a break and understand that, yes, you can do everything, but that doesn't mean that you have to do everything. Like we are capable of doing everything, but that doesn't mean that we have to. And just because you're capable of doing everything doesn't mean that your body's going to thank you for it. I think that's a big thing your body and your mental health yeah yeah no I I totally agree with that and um think it's a fantastic lesson that people would learn from yeah yeah, yeah I, I probably would have come up with something better if I had a little bit more time <laughs> I think it's better coming off the cup isn't it <laughs> um but Michelle I appreciate your time and thanks very much and we'll do it again soon and delve into much yeah. more things female health definitely yeah that was great really enjoyed it Thanks for your, your time and I hope you have an enjoyable week. Thanks, Josh. You too. Thanks for listening to the Complete Performance Podcast with your host, Dr. Josh Williamson. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Michelle and can take away some value to help improve your daily performance. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, 
you can follow me on Instagram at, at Dr. Josh Williamson, as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.